everyone. Welcome to another edition of Founder Wisdom Podcast. Today with us, we have Regina Lark with us. She is the CEO and owner of A Clear Path, and she's an author. This is an author edition. Regina, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about A Clear Path? Sure, Charles. Uh, first, thank you so much for letting me join you today. Um, I'm looking forward to a good conversation. Yes. Uh, so I, my professional journey, uh, I, I really thought uh, for a good chunk of time that I was going to be an academic. Um, so I finished a PhD in, in women's history mm -hmm. from the University of Southern California. And I spent many years as an adjunct professor Uh, teaching many classes, and then I transitioned to UCLA as an administrator, and that was a good job. I, I, I enjoyed my campus life, but my last job, which will always be my last job, my, my supervisor um, was a bully, <laughs> and I'm a whistleblower, and so I found myself in HR all the time. Okay. And then in that period, I had gone on a vacation to Jerusalem, visiting a very good friend of mine in the old city. And while I was there, I said, Nadra, I don't want to be a tourist today. How about if I do your kitchen? And she says, Habibdi, what does that mean? And I said, Nadra, your girls are in their 30s. You got sippy cups in the cupboard. Just let me do what I do. So I spent the entire afternoon decluttering and organizing her kitchen. I'm wired that way. In my family of origin, there are six of us, four of us are like me, two of us need us. <laughs> and, and it was a good result. And I don't think anything of it. And I get back to my desk at UCLA. And one week later, I learned that my unit was being dismantled, my position eliminated. And uh, I, I understood that the goddess of all jobs had just cleared the way. <laughs> So two months after my layoff, I told Ronnie, my roommate, I said, I'm going to organize until something better comes along. That was 14 years ago, September 1st. Nothing better has come along. I was born for entrepreneurship. And what my company started out as, um, well, when I told Ronnie that I was going to organize, We looked up organizers, professional organizers. Professional organizers are people who clear clutter. They help you pack and unpack. They help you get organized, get all your stuff organized. Mm. So I looked up organizers in our zip code and the first person to come up was a woman named Catherine. Her website shows that she has a PhD in mechanical engineering. And I thought, oh, organizers <laughs> are smart people. Called her up. My roommate knew her in a different capacity. She invited us over for dinner. I came up with the name for my company on the way walking over to her place for dinner. And then she hired me as an assistant. Okay. And I was her assistant a couple of times and I thought, wow, you get paid for this? <laughs> Because it's so innate to me. And that was 14 years ago and I, and I, And I've grown a queendom, as I like to say. Um, I've got 15 employees. Three are full-time. 12 are hourly. And we cover a big chunk of Los Angeles and Orange Counties. And 
the majority of our clients are actually professionals, estate attorneys, business managers, probate trust residential realtors. It's their clients who are in some sort of transition. Okay. So the professional will call me. I'll, I will connect with the family member because we do a lot of estate clearouts. Uh, so most of our clients are professionals clearing the spaces of their clients who have deceased. Hey, that's interesting. I'm just curious, Regina, you're, you have a background of ADHD yourself, right? I, I have a, a coursework and training. I do not, I do not have ADHD. Okay, because that was my question. I thought, I thought you had the thing. I was like, how <laughs> does someone with ADHD uh, get so good at decluttering stuff? Because I have ADHD um, and I think it's a superpower. Um, and I'm, I'm not very good at um, decluttering thing, more organize it myself. Is it the same way with most people having uh, ADHD? Yeah. So what I discovered early on as an organizer, I, I met a lot of clients that, that didn't follow up on homework. Okay. And I was very curious about that. It wasn't anything to label or judge. I, I would say to myself, I would have done the homework. What is about this person's brain that didn't do the homework? And what I found was um, a, a place to get training to work with people with brain-based conditions. And it's called the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. Okay. And here's what I learned. I learned that ADHD, ADHD could probably also be called executive function dysfunction. How so? Well, the, the part of our brain that got you and I on this call at this exact time, I don't even know what time zone you're in. EST. Okay. I'm PST. But we, we both know, our executive function knows that there's a three-hour difference and that my executive function knew I had to show up at 10.15 a.m. and you showed up at, at 1.15 p.m. Mm. Our executive function gets us places on time. It allows us to track, plan, execute, complete. Our executive function keeps our emotions very managed. In, in Los Angeles, I could go down any major street and at some point I will run into a storage unit company. Okay. I look at storage unit companies as the land of emotional mismanagement. Hmm, interesting. Because people are putting things into storage with the belief that they either need it someday. So they're not, they don't feel good about donating it or selling it or letting it go. They also put stuff in there that represents who they believe they used to be. Mm, wow. So I think of that as emotional mismanagement. We're not managing our relationship to our things as they serve us in the current right now. I also coming, coming back to ADHD, um, 
the because in my case for example I, have I ever been good at planning? I mean, I'm more of a visionary um, mm -hmm. person. And I think that, you know, you could say Richard Branson, even Elon Musk to some degree, although he has a very interesting brain. Um, am I good at accomplishing and following up on everything I said? No, but it's, it's that I said so many things and I'm so ambitious. And I do consider myself more organized than most um, people and it's a necessity when you're an entrepreneur so i'm just curious about um you know what makes you a good declutterer in your in your in your case for example i know that for example there's Marie kondo um you know type of philosophy being a minimalist and so forth i have tried the minimalist movement myself and I have less items than 99% of humans on earth being a digital nomad. So I'm just curious, what, what makes a good declutterer? Is it someone that is not really ADHD? Is it someone that's really practical, very realistic and has a, a very sane uh, EQ slash um, emotional, high emotional management? No. <laughs> what is I think, it? I think understanding the ADHD brain hmm. and understanding that it's not about how I think it ought to go. It's what works best for you. Okay. So a lot of people with ADHD happen to be very visual Yep. because to them out of sight means out of mind. Okay. Hmm. So a good organizer will, will work with that. If you're afraid of having it out of sight, where's a good place to keep it in sight and what can be removed from the site? It's, it's a matter of if things are going to be stored in a deep closet and there's a category, electronics. Electronics you're gonna store in a deep closet. A good organizer, because of the visual component part of the brain, might open the closet door and put a legend on the door. Okay. Top shelf, you'll find this. Second hmm. shelf, you'll find this. To give the user the likelihood that they will find what they need when they need it. Interesting. I like that. Um... Just, but I, I have more questions about like the, the practical, the practicality of the, the profession, but is it fair to say that like most people that clutter stuff are ADHD or are they just mismanagers of emotions? If we can label that. No, I, I mean, ADHD is a real condition. So one has to learn how to manage their relationship to that condition. Because in my case, I'm, I'm a classic case of ADHD, but like I said, you know, I'm a minimalist as well. So is it that I kind of surpass my thing or is, is it that, um, is it because I feel that in my case, for example, it's, it's a fact that I have a very, I have hands on my emotions, you know, I can manage them, uh, can have fun with them. I can understand them. I can listen to them. And I don't need to accumulate um, stuff and I'm very decisive as well about things. I just, I, I don't have any problem. I'm very gutsy. You know, I, I don't have any problems with selling something or giving it to someone 
or getting rid of it. I kind of, I do believe I have um, a sane relationship with money as well. I don't mind, you know, like getting rid of something, even if I need to buy it back later on. So what is it that makes me, you know, I, I, honestly, I'm not a clinician, Charles. <laughs> I don't know what makes you able. I have I have a very deep knowledge of how our brain how I have I have a I have a good working knowledge of the executive function of the brain. On some level, somehow, someday, in some way. You have learned to manage the the um, the executive function. The well, no, the, the behaviors. Okay. Um, the behaviors. I would love to introduce you to a very good friend of mine named Alan Brown. Alan is an ADHD coach with ADHD, and his his. Um, He's so smart in this. And, and again, he's somebody that has struggled and then had to learn how to manage so that he also lives a life with not a lot of stuff. Okay. You know, he gets plenty of exercise. He's a mm. thrill seeker. He races motorcycles. <laughs> um, he's in San Diego, hell of a good guy, a Brooklyn transplant. Um, Love it. You know, ADHD to ADHD, you know, that might be a really interesting conversation for to talk with him about how he has managed. Sure, because I view it mostly as a superpower in my case. Um, and the more, most of the people that I hire in my business, I think they, they kind of have it. Um, to me, yeah, the executive function is an interesting point, but I also view it just generally speaking as a surplus of energy. Uh, that needs to be put somewhere, somehow. <laughs> There's also like um, a component of OCD um, and anxiety, I think, coming up with it. Like always the, the need to get stuff done, you know? Um, and yeah, I'd love to, to talk with your friends. Com coming back to uh, cluttering, I, I think, you know, it's interesting because there's the new generation um, of people that travel a lot, like like me, for example, and I mean, we, we need to keep it light, you know, else we will pay uh, the, the big luggage fees. For example, in my case, I've not been like a, a backpacker, but I did keep like always less than uh, 20, I think it's, yeah, it's 24 kilograms, 20 kilograms of stuff, which is 40 pounds in my bag. And that also like always limited the number of items and by the way, I have a wife, so I travel with her and she also like takes all of her things. So I think that that has helped us a lot. And that's also a, a part of the digital um, nomad um, movement. Have you seen some of that? And uh, did you ever think of doing also like the, the same business, but for, for nomads, let's say? No. <laughs> because it's no, too no. simple, right? I, I, you know. I, um, no, I, I, you know, everybody is wired differently. And so, I mean, I met, I met a nomad. I met a woman who, I'm going to back up. My, my stepdaughter in Tulsa, Oklahoma really was in a world of hurt when it came to clutter. Okay. And it was really, her place was unmanaged and she's got unmanaged ADHD and 
I almost flew out there to help her get organized. True. But instead, I, I went to a website called TaskRabbit. Yep. And I met this woman who, at the beginning of COVID, she and her family, her spouse and her three kids lived in uh, Texas. When COVID broke out, they bought a camper van and they go all around the country and they'll stay for two weeks to two months in different areas where they have friends or not. And what she does is she puts an ad on TaskRabbit to be an organizer. Okay. So she's an she's a nomadic organizer. <laughs> super cool. I love it. And she was fantastic. And I hired her to do all the work and she did it and it worked. It was just great. That's super cool. So coming back to your typical clients, my understanding was that you were dealing with some um, businesses, if you want, or business oriented individuals that would refer you to the individuals themselves, right? Right. Okay. And What's a typical scenario? Um, what's a typical client if there is one? Um, are they uh, are they you know successful people in life? Why do they accumulate so much? I mean, we talked about the emotion factor, but there's also sometimes yeah, I can see the ADHD, which is like oh, I'm gonna use this item later. Oh, uh, slash OCD anxiety, right? Like oh, I, I don't want to miss out on that. The the fear of missing out, you know, the FOMO. Tell us a bit uh, more about the typical case and how does how does it go? How much days does it take to declutter? What are the techniques? You, you told us about the, the little paper, which is very ingenious uh, in the closet, let's say. Tell us a bit more about the day-to-day. The -day. Uh, well, the reason why people acquire is all of the above. And again, it's emotional mismanagement. That idea, I think I may need this someday. I have fear of missing out. That's an emotional response to seeing something. It's not a cognitive response. Mm -hmm. it's, not a, it's not a well thought out response. So the kind of clients that we work with, their houses are filled with stuff. They don't have necessarily an emotional tie to the stuff, but they also don't have the ability to linearly process and time manage how to deal with it. So uh, I will do a site visit, I see the volume and then I make recommendations. It'll take two, three, four or five of my employees, two, three, four or five days to get to your goal. Wow. Every single case is different, but some of the strategies are similar. We sort by that which has to be with you for the rest of your life. That's a no brainer. This will always be with me. Okay. Then there's the stuff that I don't care. I don't want it. I don't even know how it got here. Let it go. Yeah. And then there's the giant pile of ambivalence. I don't know what to do with it. Okay. I may need it someday. These are cards from my grandmother, you know, so they're looking at the past. They're looking at the future. And so we just, there's no rule that we just meet people where they live. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a matter of who are they? How do they access information? Do they feel better taking a picture of the item and then discarding it or, mm. or putting it in a box? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's smart. Even a card doesn't take much space, but you know, you need to ask the question, is this well, a good card? 80 of them or? takes up a lot of space. So yeah. it's helping our clients come up with a new strategy every time a card comes in. Yeah. 
It's coming up with a new strategy for if you're going to bring it through your front door, where is it going to live? If you don't know where its home is going to be, don't bring it through the front door. Hmm. I don't believe in any rules. If you haven't worn it in a year, let it go. I don't believe in the rules, but I I believe in organizing principles. Correct. And so for me, my organizing principles are pretty basic. Either it gets to live with me if it brings me up aesthetically, if I think it's beautiful and I have a home for it, Mm. or it brings me up intellectually. Also, yeah. Or it feeds my stomach or it's shampoo, you know, and. Or emotionally. If it's, I mean, the, the card example, but, you know, being the, I mean, like you said, it's, it's custom rules that the young guy that I am would just take pictures of them. And I guess it's communication and making things clear, which helps these individuals. It's sitting down with them, taking the time and having a discussion, you know, okay, this is what you want. So this is how it's going to go. And I think ADHD people have hard time um, doing that every once in a while and I'm curious as I was listening you know uh, is it the the case that we see on tv like pathological cases in which like they they stack up is that most of your cases or is just like normal people that keep keep some stuff in the box and you know there might be unimportant stuff in these box boxes I don't know what the word normal means but our typical client has a lot of stuff what you're well, describing are people with a hoarding disorder. Yeah. And that's a very different brain setup. They so do you don't have, have much of those. No, they do have all of the executive function challenges. Okay. So that's present. But how I understand the hoarding brain, there's a network in the brain called the salient network. And that network, our salient network tells us what's important and what isn't. What is salient, what isn't. When your salient network is tweaked or compromised, most things have salience. And the brain isn't really able to distinguish the veracity of that. And what's salience again, the, the significance? Salience of- is, is noticing what has value to your life. What has, okay. what do you need and what you don't need? Got it, got it, got it, got it. So if that part of your brain is broken, you are going to hold on. Or it might be a trauma sometimes of just like not having. it's usually exacerbated by an early trauma. And the trauma is broadly defined. So it could be uh, psychological trauma, sexual trauma. It could be the trauma of the loss of a beloved grandparent when you're six years old while your parents are getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And the adults around you don't recognize how significant that relationship was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that could trigger a trauma. Okay. Got it. Coming back to your uh, day to day. Um, so it lasts a couple of days. There's a couple of team members involved. That's a big operation to me. You know, it must take uh, lots of planning, lots of doing as well. 
what do you do with the items? Um, does the person sell them on a Craigslist? What happens next with the, these items? Or do you have like relationships with uh, organisms that accepts donation? What goes yeah, we'll on? We'll either donate it to the closest charity, depending on the volume. I mean, if we're clearing out an estate, we will sell everything for the client in an online estate sale auction. But that means the whole house. It doesn't mean um, it doesn't mean a piano and a and a grandfather clock. I don't do that kind of selling. True. I use a platform called Max Sold. They're a mm -hmm. Canadian company uh, with a big footprint in the U.S. and we'll we'll launch a sale on that platform. True. Otherwise, True. we donate it. And in terms of business model, like how much should I pay if you know you're clearing the estate of my grandfather, for example, what's the cost? And you also it's all take different. It and I, we're not allowed to discuss pricing um, because we don't want to violate any antitrust laws, but expect to pay 55 an hour to 250 an hour. Okay, it's hourly. And the well, some companies do price packages. Okay. You yeah, know, it, they're all individual business owners, so they all do things their own way. 100%. Um, the auction, is it, does the money fully go to your client or do you take some part of it too? I don't take anything. It's a 70-30 split between the auction company and the client. We earn okay. our money on the front end doing the cataloging and on the back end doing the facilitating the auction item pickups. Yeah, with the, the hourly fee. Okay, well, that's uh, that's quite interesting. I've never seen, you know, like we had a, a pre-call and I've rarely heard heard anything about the, the, these types of businesses in the past. Um, are they um, are they prevalent? Are is it is it a reason why we don't know about these decluttering business? Is it because it's not really a thing in Canada? I don't know, but no, it's it huge like in Canada. Thing? It's huge in Canada. It's huge in Japan, the UK, Australia. I, you know, I don't know why uh, television shows help create awareness. Yeah. Um, there are 4,000 members of our national association. And then there are people who aren't part of the association. So I don't, I don't know how people find us. They go, help, I have too much stuff. And then they find us. Yeah, and I guess that books like uh, Mary Kondo's will also help to promote the movement, the minimalism movement. Have yeah, but seen... Marie Kondo doesn't address brain-based conditions. So she, her stuff is completely irrelevant to my work. Okay. How, how so? I, I'm pretty well, sure she doesn't address brain-based conditions. She doesn't address what we've just been talking about. She's like, if, if it doesn't spark love, let it go. Well, some people, everything sparks love. So you have to, you have to bring it down to other levels or bring it up to other levels. Yeah, I guess she, she can still like bring awareness to the, the topic and bring you a bunch of clients uh, is what I'm saying. Have you seen uh, more yeah, I don't younger? Think so. uh -uh. No? No. Have you seen I more haven't. younger? Have you seen more younger clients coming up to you recently? I haven't seen any trends. Uh, we've been in business for 14 years and I don't see any. The only trend I've seen since COVID is older adults are moving out of California to get closer to their adult children. Hmm. Interesting. But it's not, it's based on how the brain is wired. It's, I don't think it has anything to do with how old you are. 
Yeah, you're either well, born with executive function challenges or you're not born with executive function challenges or the challenges happen along the way with cancer, COVID, marriage, death, birth, divorce. There's all kinds of things that can really knock your executive function offline. Okay. And just to, to be precise here, how do you address those executive challenges as part of your services? I didn't uh, fully get that part. Do you like sit down with the client and talk about these things uh, before you start the project? Uh, how, how is that like distinguishing you? Yeah, I talk about it. My team does the work and then we follow up with a maintenance program because most people can't change everything overnight. You know, right. so they have to, we have to clear the path first and then help them work out strategies to maintain it. All right. And if you, if you'd have to pick, um, or if you'd have a, a crystal ball, what does the, the future of uh, decluttering looks like in 15, 20 years, you haven't seen any trend in the last uh, 15 years. Do you see it changing for the next 15? Uh, I think because of the aging population and people living longer, uh, I just think there's going to be more older adults doing transitions and moving around because culturally, we haven't really stopped the trend on, on, on purchasing, on consumerism, on capitalism. Yeah, you know, everything is at your fingertips so you can actually have more and more and more and more and more delivered to your front door within two hours. So we haven't changed our psychological response to stuff, to our environment, to, um, you know, to our, to our mental health. I mean, it's like, what, what about on the online world? You know, we hear about the metaverse, VR, and there might be clutter in there too. Have you given any thoughts to that? Well, I don't do digital clutter, but there are organizers that work on digital clutter. Or virtual houses, let's say. There's I also mean, virtual organizing, but I don't, think there's, I don't think virtual organizing works for people with executive function challenges. I think they okay. need the hands-on help. Okay, yeah, sure, the the one v one. All right, um, Regina, where can people find out more about you? Uh, at my website, aclearpath.com. Cool, well, thank you so much for today. So people Great can, questions, Charles. Yeah, thank you. And people can find you out as well on LinkedIn, Dr. Regina Clark. Lark, L-A-R-K, yeah, yeah. Dr. Regina Lark. And uh, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for your time. That was interesting. All right, take care. Have a good one, bye.